eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast. You heard in the open a little bit something different this football season. As I announced last week, we've signed an NIL deal with three K-State football players to give us some reads during our podcast, this podcast, the pregame and postgame. And remember to listen to those podcasts. They drop on Thursday, the pregame, and then either Sunday or Monday, depending on the game time. So probably Monday for this first edition of the postgame podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, and Ryan Gills Gilbert right here in the GPC studio as we get to ready to just jump into football season. But a couple things here I want to talk about. First of all, stay tuned for a very big sale. A very, very big sale coming. It's live right now. Oh, that's right. But they're listening to it. I'm so live. confused. I'm I'm so horribly confused about what day is what. Today is Wednesday. The biggest to sale the, of the to year. The listener. Yeah. It's live. It's live. It's the biggest sale of the year. 75% off an annual subscription. Make sure you take care of this right now. Don't mess around. Don't wait. It's time to subscribe to GoPowerCat.com and get our premium coverage along with everything else we crank out on a regular basis. If you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the daily deliveries or a lot of the free content we put out in written form, show us some love. 
Go ahead, 75% off an annual subscription right now at GoPowerCat, when we appreciate your support. And we appreciate the support of The Fridge Wholesale Liquor, which has been with us for a very long time and just re-upped for another year of being the title sponsor of the PowerCat Questions podcast. If you don't follow them on Twitter, they are dropping all kinds of new products that are coming out and adding to their collection of wonderful things that you can buy. Make sure you swing by there on Saturday. Don't bring your booze from home. Leave that booze. That's your special booze. That's your home booze. You need road booze from the fridge and stop in there on Saturday and pick up some of that game day atmosphere from the fridge because they have their own like growlers, crowler things. I don't even know how to pronounce it. They growl? Growl, They growl or crowl. I'm not sure why who named these things, but they're a football-shaped product go ask them about it i don't understand what they're doing i'll be honest and speaking of people wanting to subscribe to gopowercat.com a very nice person reached out to me on twitter they're having some issues they want to subscribe and i said Shh, don't subscribe yet wait just a little bit because we're going to get a ray a really great deal and i hope they are with us but they wanted to ask a question so they wanted to get into the the podcast thread so i'll just start with this and and they wanted to know about our thoughts is there any similarities between this team and the 2003 Big 12 championship team? A dynamic run-pass quarterback with a diminutive running back, a very good defense. I do see some similarities, actually. Now, what I hope is not similar is the fact that that was a really good K-State team that didn't look like it with its record because L. Roberson got hurt. So let's hope Adrian Martinez stays healthy throughout this season. But, Zach, do you see... Do you have that feeling at all? When you put it that way, yes. I agree with the points that you made. But from an overall season and team standpoint, I feel like 2014 is kind of the the hype year for me. Not hype might be the wrong word, but just when you look at a season in the last 20 years or so that most would emulate a previous season, I think 2014. You have a transfer quarterback. Granted, Jake Waters was there for his second year. But it was kind of the culmination of a lot of careers. You know, Tyler Lockett, Jake Waters, some other guys that it ended in a loss in the Alamo Bowl, but it kind of, you know, 2015 kind of fell off. And then 16, you know, it's it fell off after that year. And that was really the last year that K-State was in, you know, an upper-tier bowl. Did you say loss in the Alamo Bowl? They lost to UCLA in the Alamo Bowl. Did they kick the crap out of Michigan in that game? That was the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. 2013. That was 13? 14. I'm, I'm so confused. The bowl was played in 2014, but it was the 13th it was season. played in 15. Okay. No, the Alamo Bowl was played in 15. 14 yeah. season. Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl was played in 2013. Uh, okay. It was in 13. I, I don't know. So I, I, that's, that's my pick. 2014. I feel like oh, I feel the 2012 vibe from this team simply based on star power. Now, you don't have the quarterback like you did in Colin Klein, but you have that guy in your star player and Deuce Vaughn on the offensive side of the ball. Then you go over to the defensive side of the ball, and the the similarities between Arthur Brown and Daniel Green are spot yeah, wild. on. Yeah. I mean, they're spot on. And then you look at the defensive line, I think Meshack Williams is a guy that K-State fans forget about a lot, of, forget about a lot but, I mean, he was he was a stud defensive end, and I think he's right along the same lines, if, if not Felix is better than he was. And so um, even in the secondary, you know, they didn't have their Ty Zimmerman, but you got a guy in, in Julius Brintz who has those preseason honors the same, same way that Ty Zimmerman did. So, you know, maybe not position by position, but if you want to go based off of star power, I think you have the same amount of stars on this 2022 team as you did in 2012. But K-State won, what, 9, 10 games in 11 the year before? 
I think there was, I mean, you know, Colin Klein, Lockett, all these guys were coming back. K-State still lost, a, you know, a significant chunk of their pieces from last season. So I don't think K-State's necessarily ready to take that next step. I'm probably going to get blown up for saying that. But I think it's probably one. I don't know if next year's going to be any better because they're going to lose a lot again. But I'm going in circles here. I just, I just don't think this is really that comparable to well, and a, and a counterpoint to even me and everyone else that all of those seasons, 2003, 2012, 2014, maybe 14 to a lesser extent, but they were building on something that happened in the previous year. Yep, exactly. 2003, you had that great 2002 team. 2012, you had that great 2011 team. So I think that this just feels, I think a lot of the hype around, around this season is it just feels so different because I don't think there is a true comparison just and half of it's with the transfer portal. You have so many new guys that have college experience that you can plug in that are ready to go and they're gonna that are gonna make an impact this Saturday. All of your stars are back though. Besides Skylar Skylar Thompson, every single one of those guys that K State fans circled as he is a star on this team they're back and so i understand the, oh they're not the the building i think they are building that's that's why this season is so hyped up is because they are building and potentially you could improve at the quarterback position so that's where i think that the comparisons to the big 12 championship teams and the 2003 team i think they're spot on because you're building you get your best guys back in daniel green felix and dk uzama and deuce vaughn you get all those guys back it's not like you're you're losing um you're you're not losing your stars and if you want to say skylar thompson is the biggest loss sure but let's see how adrian martinez performs before we say skylar thompson was a major loss well my my thought is that the simple fact that we want to Compare this team possibly to 03 or to 12, that's a pretty high standard. So I, I think the only rational person at the table right now is Gilbert. Because, hey, hey. you know, that's a lot to say. I mean, that's a lot. If you look back at the 12 and 11, or excuse me, the 02 and 11 teams, there was a sense of a buildup to what took place the next year. And I, I don't know if there's that same kind of sense of forward momentum right now in the program from year to year. So this is going to be a very intriguing season for me. I'm I'm very interested in how the season will play out. Let's get going with your questions from Wabash Station. I broke my own rules. The rule is pretty simple. Everyone gets to listen, but the subscribers to Go Powercat get to ask the questions at Wabash Station. But if you're going to subscribe, I'll let you ask a question. I'm all in on that. Who's got the first round? Ryan Gills Gilbert. Here we go. From CCL27, what are your biggest takeaways from the week one depth chart? They hit a home run with the safety transfers. All three of them atop the depth chart. That's incredible. This staff has done a marvelous job of picking guys through the transfer portal that serve the purpose they intend. They need help immediately at safety. Boom. We need some backup help at you know linebacker and running back and nose tackle. And, and they go find those guys. Now, they've added depth through the portal. They've added quality starters through the portal. They've done what they needed to do every time, and I'm, I'm kind of blown away by that. But I'll say this. I, I didn't see anything that was shockingly out of the norm. There was no big surprises there. Uh, everyone who we expected to start is starting. Uh, and, you know, the offensive line is going to be a work in progress. As long as Andrew Langang is beaten up a little bit and not ready to go at 100%, we really won't see. I'll be just 
very interested to watch KT Levinson play and see if he looked totally different. Today. Did you hear him say that he came into the season with 33% body fat and now he's down to 28%? 25. 25. Yeah. He lost 25. Yeah. He lost it. That blows my mind. And KT looks like a different person. He really did. He looks like a completely different person. I, I was worried, quite frankly, about you know that position. But after listening to everybody that we've we've been around and just seeing KT and knowing the kind of skill set that he does possess, his biggest thing was he was always out of shape. Yeah. Like frankly put, he was out of shape. I don't think they're going to have that problem this year. And and for Chris Kleiman to say that KT Levison can be an All Conference left tackle, it's pretty high praise. So it's a lot. I mean, I think the only other question mark, I, I guess you could say, on the depth chart, I think is Will Honus um, not being listed due to an injury. So that'd probably be my answer. Is um, as far as um, surprises on the depth chart, but I don't know if that's much of a surprise given you know we've kind of got to see him be out. So I think it does explain why they've been concerned about depth at linebacker because right. he has been hurt. Most interesting to me is tight end. Everyone's equal. It's Sammy Wheeler or Ben Sennett, or Will Swanson. All three of them. Was it or? It's, it's, I thought it was Wheeler was alone on top. Wheel, it goes Wheeler, or Ben Sennett, or Will Swanson. They're all three equal. Are they, That's though? the only position no, on here. On the, the, on the sheet. Yeah. On the sheet. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying they are. I just think it's interesting that Will Swanson has elevated himself to be listed on the depth chart. I think that is probably a reflection of situational substitutions and using them in different ways. Situational, situational, yeah. Yep. If they're going to go too tight end, or if they're, I think Sammy Wheeler will be the the number one guy, um, and then it's just going to be a matter of okay, well then are you going to? It depends if Ben Sennett's playing fullback, right? That's something that we really haven't talked about is how are they going to use Ben Sennett, which I will be very interested to see how um, how that pans out. But I, I, I get that, Zach. I would say, and this is more of a compliment to. Uh, to Nate Matlack, but Jalen Pickle not being a starter, just think like two, three years ago, like I would have bet my life that he would be a starter at this time, and he's not, but that just shows you how dangerous that defensive line can be. No, they're going to be good because when you ask the coaches about young guys that have, you know, kind of broken out so far this fall camp, Brendan Mott's mentioned, even though he's a junior, he's a guy that hasn't played a whole lot, and, you know, you, you start seeing other guys along that defensive front that can really help out. They built some nice depth. That's always my concern with K-State, so I'm, I'm really impressed. From KLU42, who will be the first touchdown of the season be from? Who will? That, that yeah. made sense. Who's going to score the first touchdown? Thank you. Who will the first takeaway of the season Does be from? anyone have an answer other than Deuce Vaughn? Are we betting on this? Is this a prop bet? <laughs> sure. We're going to have more prop bets, prop bets in the next one. Next question. Um, I'm going to go Phillip Brooks. Hmm. He's going to house the first punt of the year. Okay. I mean, if we're going to be – if we're thinking about um, Caesar's sports book here, the real question is, do you take Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn or the field? Field. Mm, that's good, though. I'd take field just because if Martinez throws a pass, it doesn't count. So you're, you're basically like, – he's not going to run a touchdown, in my opinion, for his first score. Are you sure? I think he I will. I think he will. I, I don't think much, it's going to be the first one. I pretty much yeah, cinched it up. One. I'm taking Martinez scoring a running touchdown. Yeah. Because Gilbert said it won't happen. Yep. I'm See, I, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be Deuce. There's no way it's not. If not, then I think it'll be a defensive touchdown. Mm. Well, if it's a defensive so touchdown. So then who is – that's the next part of the question. Okay. Who has that takeaway? Mm. 
I'm going to say Josh Hayes. I'll say Julius Brents. Pick six. It would be a great time for Echo Boyda to have his first interception as a K-State Wildcat, though. Isn't that remarkable to think he about? He doesn't have one. He has played for two years and never got an interception. That's my pick, then. Echo Boyda, interception. I'm going to go with Austin Moore, a scoop and score off of Felix, King Felix Sack. The machine? The machine. He did not look like a machine. Actually, you know, it's kind of funny. He is very businesslike. He is, I don't want to say robotic, but I see where he gets the nickname, the machine. I'll tell you what, he's just too busy out there at the cider mill. You know what I mean? Those those Lewisburg guys, <laughs> they're out there making donuts and, and pumping apple cider. What can I say? Oh, boy. No, guys, I'm only Albert. That's what I think of. Machine. Yeah. <laughs> From Cat and Callo. South Dakota bold predictions. We'll start off. We'll go one by one. Deuce Vaughn over under 100 rushing yards. Over. 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 100%. Over. Easy. I agree. You're going to Hollywood. Maybe maybe uh, by halftime. Deuce Vaughn over under 150 all-purpose yards. Oh, over. 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 Deuce Vaughn is still going to be K-State's offense. If it would have been Deuce Vaughn over under 150 rushing yards and over under 200 all-purpose yards, I might think about it more, but I'm taking the over. I think he's perfectly capable of it, but at what point is K-State up so far that they can sit him? He could run for 150 yards in the first half. (laughs) That's fair. I'll go for the over. I'll take it. Me as well. Adrian Martinez to have zero turnovers, yes or no? Mm. I'll say no. No. I'm going to say yes because I don't think this South Dakota defense is that good. They gave up a lot of points last year, and they were a playoff team. So um, if they were going up against Missouri, if this question is asked against Missouri, I might think about it, but I I honestly think that Adrian Martinez is going to be out by the fourth quarter. So – I'm going to take yes to zero turnovers because I do, guys. I'll be interested to see how Adrian does these first three weeks of the season because how he plays the first three weeks of the season is going to be indicative of the rest of the season. And if he has a good showing and does not turn the ball over, I'm I'm, I'm going to be sold in the in the first three weeks of the season. I After watching that Nebraska game, I don't know if we'll get into this at all. Fitz, I don't know how you thought about this. But all I could think about was Casey Thompson looks worse than Adrian Martinez looked when he played for Nebraska. And we've seen Casey Thompson up close and personal. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say that's my long way of saying zero turnovers. You know, Nebraska fans used to be so knowledgeable. They really were. They they understood really good football. But the fact that they now have a generation of fans that think Casey Thompson was going to be an upgrade at quarterback over Adrian Martinez is just laughable to me. The fact that some of them do cling to the idea that Eddie Martinez was the source of the problem. You know, look, we saw this quarterback do the same things basically the old quarterback did. He looked worse. I don't know, man. I, Nebraska's got some deep issues, and they wanted to have a quick blame, a quick fix. We're going to change the quarterback, and everything will be all right. And what's really disgusting is people in the national media fell for it. Not too many fanboys working in the media now. Just too many. Too many that are worshiping brands rather than covering football. It makes me sick. Defensive line over under one and a half sacks. Over. Yeah. They'll have 70. They could get two sacks in the first quarter. That I might have exaggerated. 70 might be a little bit much. I'll go under just for the sake of it. Just for the sake of being different. Who gets the one sack? Nate Malak. Mm. Okay. Felix is goose egg. 
Yes. If Felix is in this egg, in this scenario, if yes. Felix is goose egg against South Dakota, I will be actually shocked. But yeah. All right. We'll see. Fitz. It's gonna be over. They'll have like two or three. Yeah, I agree. Last one is Will Howard to play? Yes or no? No. no. We found that out today. <laughs> so it, it was a point of interest to me, you know, how they're going to manage this. So I asked Coach at the end of the press conference. I was going to have a two two part question. Do you put him out there just to, you know, come in and play? And if if it's not him, who? And he answered both questions at once uh, by saying, "Look, if a helmet pops off, it's going to be." Um, someone else that goes on the field. So Jake Rubley. I never got to ask because yep. he said Jake Rubley. Yep. I believe the exact quote is if a, if, so, if a helmet pops off, Jake Rubley's going into the game. So, Like, okay, Coach, that was really efficient. He answered both questions in one, one swoop. So the answer to this question, will Howard to play, it would have to be no. Now, I guess there's a scenario Adrian gets hurt. Right. That's the scenario, and I would say no, he's not going to get hurt in this game. He's only going to play about two and a half quarters if everything goes right. From Ohio Power Cat, will we see more than one quarterback against South Dakota if K-State is winning big? If so, who will it be? It's got to be Jake. Yeah. I think maybe you see a guy like Adrian Laura, too. Yeah, this is a perfect opportunity. If you get up, you could almost give um, Jake Rubley a full quarter and then hand, you know, at least let the other guys get on the field a little bit. I'm going to be intrigued by how they use the quarterbacks. It, but it's all predicated on the idea that they get away fast and build a big lead. And I think Colin Klein's going to want to attack. I don't think he's going to be like Bill Snyder. And let's let's play our cards close to the best and be very conservative and, and not show anything. I think he's going to want to prove a point. He's going to want to build confidence in his system, both in the locker room and outside the locker room. I think they're going to get up big at halftime. Were you surprised when... Chris Kleiman said that he was gonna that they would go with Jake Rubley over Jaron Lewis. I think it's interesting that this is the first time that it's really been cemented that Jake is the next choice after Will Howard. So does that does that mean that we think Jake is number three on the depth chart then? Yeah, has to. Well, like why wouldn't you play Jaron at this point? You know, unless they just feel like they know they what they have with Jaron Lewis, but. Is that ever going to be good enough to see the field again at k But also, you've got to get Jake Rubley reps at some point. You have to let him play. He I still hasn't played. My my failure was not shifting my follow-up question to being, is Jaron Lewis going to remain a quarterback? Or are you going to you know, maybe put him out at receiver or something else? I think he wants to play quarterback, so I'd imagine if he doesn't get on the field, we'll, he'll be in the portal. But I, I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a good kid. I think they... Would probably like to find a place for him on the team. Last question of the first half from El Camino Cat. Pick a player on both sides of the ball that wasn't on the preseason All-Big 12 team that you believe could be first team All-Big 12 at the end of the year. Preseason All-Big 12 was Cooper Beebe, O-lineman, Deuce Vaughn, running back Malik Knowles, punt returner and kick returner, Felix Enedika Uzama, defensive end, Daniel Green, linebacker, Julius Brents, defensive back. Defensively, I'm going to go Josh Hayes. I think he has a just some natural qualities about him. Very impressive. Now at safety, I think is probably a better fit for him. On the offensive line, I'm going to go Taylor Portier. I think he's you stole my pick. I, I think he's going to just people sleeping on him. They they, you know, I did a a podcast or a, maybe it was Sirius XM. They asked me about the offensive line. I said nobody's talking about this kid. He was going to be a starter last year and blew out a knee. He's back to 100 percent and playing. I don't know if I would answer the same thing 
prior to Tuesday's press conference when he walked in the room and he was like a, a brick pizza oven walking around the room. This kid is thick, solid, impressive. He's not fat, but he's not skinny. I don't uh, he's uh, my goodness, he's he's talking about he got back to squatting three reps of 500 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to tell him, well, I, I could do that. Well, not 500 pounds. I could do three squats without any weight, I think. I don't actually know. I couldn't. Never mind. I, he, he was, oh, my gosh. Impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think this line is going to be really good, guys. I'm going to keep it simple and just give it to Adrian Martinez. He balls out, and that probably makes the most sense on Good offense choice, for yeah. me. If he plays good, I think he's got it. And then on defense, I'm with you. I'll go Hayes. Okay. I'll go Nate Malak on defense. Okay. I'm going to go Philip Brooks to replace Malik Knowles in that punt return, kick return mm. slot. Nice. So the A little la- bit of a cheap answer, but Malik right. Knowles was included in this in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So The last two seasons, the number two leading receiver at Nebraska – was Austin Allen. Austin Allen was a tight end. I'm going to take Sammy Wheeler mm. on the offensive side of nice the football. Pick. I and thought you said you were taking... I was going to take Taylor Potier. He's but trying to be unique. Yeah, and after doing some exhaustive research that required two Google searches, I do feel like Adrian Martinez whoa, is going to use the tight whoa, end. Whoa, 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 whoa. You did back-to-back Google searches? I, I somehow. That's not permitted on this podcast. Well, I guess we're not allowed to We don't to do that technology. kind of research. So, Sammy Wheeler is my answer on offense. And on defense, how about Eli Huggins? I know. I almost went with Eli. I'm, I'm telling you what, the mustache game on this team is pretty strong. How about how about um, Hayden Gillum saying that he had been ghosting Culver's and not actually letting them, not responding to them? They offered him an NIL. He's like, oh, I haven't gotten back to him yet. Unbelievable. His priorities are football. He loves Culver's. Priorities are football. So, in other words, there needs to be a Culver's in Manhattan. That would probably help things. I would love that. I actually would, too. Or he read the email and said, we don't want you. And and he hadn't responded. But how could you not? That adorable face and that mustache, that'll sell some burgers. It's like a happy child that's a grown-ass man. Oh, man. I had Culver's the other day. I don't want an NIL. That's all I'm going to say. That's it for the first half of this PowerCat Questions podcast. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Now, get ready. Here comes some more new voices we've added to the podcast. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the PowerCat podcast. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you following along, gopowercat.com, whether it's with the podcast, at the website, on YouTube with the daily deliveries and all the videos that Zach does from the players and coaches. And, of course, the Friday walkthrough. I forgot to mention that earlier. Cole Carmody and Monty Spiller now doing a Friday prep video story, video product for you that also appears in our podcast feed. Doing a lot of cool stuff at Go Powercat. We would appreciate your support. 75% off an annual subscription right now at Go Powercat. Don't mess around. Get that done for heaven's sakes or for your sake, for our sake, for everyone's sake. Subscribe. I got that cool, I got the, got a cold voice. How you doing, guys? That kind of voice. Kind of sexy, Zach. Mm. Mm. We're sponsored by The Fridge. They're always sexy. Oh, man, I love that place. Look, I'm not a person that likes to hang out in liquor stores and, you know, just kind of walk around and look at all the products. I, I typically go in there like... um SEAL Team 6, and I, I strike quickly, I get what I want, and I get out. SEAL Team 6 pack? Ooh, like it. And uh, But I will go to the fridge and just kind of wander around the vodka aisle because Kevin does a great job finding unique flavored vodkas. And then head over to the bourbon and, and Canadian whiskey. Kind of got a little Canadian whiskey thing, too. Mostly a bourbon guy. Not a scotch guy, but uh, I married a scotch gal who drink scotch a lot so i have to go over there and look a little bit she's scottish she is uh has expensive taste it's ironic she's got expensive taste in liquor and cheap taste in men and now here's your questions from wild station cole carmody first question of the second half comes from i like pickles cat can we get an update on street closures closures slash construction it's all closed and or other things to be aware of that will be different on game days for uh, my every, everything is closed you're going to have to <laughs> Uh, basically, either helicopter in, or I would suggest uh, just parachute in for the game. Like, you can be part of the pregame show and just drop in. If you can hit your seat, you'll get a, a free um, Hayden Gillum Culver's Burger. You'll get free beer. It'll be a game in Ireland. I like it. Yeah. yeah. That was wild. Uh, Zach, yeah, that was that was ill-advised. Even the Irish went, oh, hell, the people from Nebraska are worse than us. Um and then go run through some of this. Uh, so there's some construction on I-70 help us. eastbound at Junction City. So that's going to be a backup there. If you're coming from I-70 through Topeka, yeah. you're going to take a detour there. Go, go, around. go around. Take go, 470 go south. around. I'm pretty sure it routes you. I-70. I'm pretty sure it routes you to go around if you use well, GPS. you need to use your GPS. Well, here's what's funny about the GPS is I, I've actually checked this because I do this drive a lot. And... Um, it's like one minute more to take the southern route. So I just do it sometimes just to have – I don't have to go through downtown Topeka. and But now with the bridge problems, yeah. take Just run south around. Do it every time basically. If you're coming from Council Grove, yeah, you're not, don't. You're not. Um, no. You have to go all the way over. You have to go to, over to Junction City, which is another you know traffic that I just previously so mentioned. You avoid one closure right. to find a, a narrowing of lanes. Great. Um Kimball is still closed. So once you get by, into town, the, you know, the, the traffic screwed. is not over. 
Kimball is still Kimball will be open in front the, of the arena. Uh, arena. Yeah, stadium. in front of the stadium, it'll be open, so you can get to traverse Kimball to get to your lots. But if you're trying to take Kimball from Tuttle Creek to Denison, that's still closed. I think it's going to be closed another three or four months, I probably. I thought the plan was to open two lanes. That might be partially open uh, on Saturday. I'm not sure. There's been rumors that they're going to get two lanes open, and it'll change directions at halftime. Or the plan is to be open by the two lane game for two lanes. Oh, oh. is that a pun? Is that a pun or is that an actual statement? That was good. I think it's just Thanks. a pun. He's looking at me like it's just a pun. That was just a pun because that would oh. be actually it's not cool. scoop. It's a pun. So there's a chance you might have to go all the way north on Tuttle Creek to Marlette and come back in. Yep, which is a pain in the butt. I still think that's part of the exit pattern though. And keep in mind, gates have shifted, folks. the The first gate on College is gone. Doesn't gate exist one is gone. You have to go to gate three or gate five. So, in other words, get here early. Yeah, don't mess around. It's a night game. It's going to be warm, but not unbearable hot. Get here early. Come on in on Friday. That's a good plan. And and guess what? If you if you decide to go to Aggieville on Friday, Are there, there's there's construction down there too. So we might as well talk about that. Hotels still available for people to just come on a win. No, I was going to say Colin Gill's got. They're just they're oh, tomorrow, a couple blocks away. They're yeah, just couch. Come on couch. If anybody needs a place to stay, I'm yeah. not going to offer it up. But bring a black light. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Fitz has a guest bedroom here. No, not really. Right now, I'm sleeping in it. Actually, I'm in. I'm in uh, quarantine. Oh, great. And then it's great we're all around you. <laughs> I don't have COVID. I just, my wife was getting ready to go on a trip, so I couldn't get her sick. I will say, Aggieville literally looks like but, that old picture that's up on in with, the studio here with, with the, the dirt and everything oh flying up. It's terrible. Like, Aggieville's a mess. It's terrible. Now, folks, if you do go to Aggieville, the good news is the parking garage is open, but you have to come at it from the west, like by the Burger King, and come in that way uh, to get to it. But it is. Zach, I'll tell you, it's glorious. It's, it's really fantastic. nice. It's fantastic. I went to a, a country concert on that side of town last Friday. It was fantastic. Park in the garage, cross the street, in the hat you go, music. It's the best parking garage in all of Aggieville. It is. It is the finest parking garage. Well, I'm going to say in Manhattan because the one nobody uses the one downtown that they built. Most asinine thing ever. But, yeah, everything's under construction, including uh, your hopes and dreams. So just plan ahead. Don't mess around. Don't worry about the booze. Just pick it up at the fridge. Head over the the lot. You're going to be fine. Plan ahead. And if I see you on college, excuse me, if I see you on Dickens walking towards college, I will offer you a ride as I head up to the stadium. There we go. I'm just that kind of guy. Next question comes from Doug142. He is not a new member, but Zach says he can't remember him being on the podcast. I don't remember it being on ever. So... Doug, welcome, welcome to the Doug. pod. Welcome to the podcast. Um, hopefully, you don't get lost in Las Vegas here anytime soon. Um, if the goal is for K State to reach the Big Twelve title game this season, what are some key indicators fans can look for as a good or bad signs during non-conference play? Well, uh, I mean, defensively, can they get them consistently off the field on third down? Whether that's third and short or third and long, in which they can attack with that pass rush. I mean, get them off the field. Are special teams as sharp as they need to be? Because that is a winning formula for K-State. You can't be successful at the highest levels at K-State without being excellent at special teams. And I think Adrian Martinez just has to prove quickly that he's the dude. This isn't the Nebraska. This isn't 2 a.m. This is 9 a.m. This is a different guy. And from everything we're hearing, it appears that way. But you just don't know till the bullets are flying. 
And let's be honest, Deuce has got to stay healthy. Both Deuces have to stay healthy, Vaughn and Green, because there's no equivalent even anywhere close. Your, your replacement players are solid, good, reliable, but not the spectacular playmakers of the, the double Deuces. I'm going to say margin of victory against Mizzou. How much do they win by against Mizzou is the the key indicator for me. What's if they what's win successful? Because if they win by a lot, let's say three touchdowns, okay, three. three touchdowns. I think that three touchdowns or more. I think you can feel pretty good about yourself, and and hopefully that three touchdowns isn't like you know sixty three to forty two. You know that the defense comes mm-hmm. in and and. And takes care of business, keeps a low score there. Like it's thirty-five, fourteen. But if if K State struggles there, I think you know, Mizzou obviously isn't the best of the best in the SEC, so they're playing down a little bit, and it's not necessarily a full. You don't get the full benefit of playing an SEC team when you when you're playing Mizzou. Plus, a lot of that comes into they were an old conference opponent, you know, ten years ago. But if you win that game and you're able to beat your Power Five non-conference opponent by a significant margin i think that that spells great things for the next for the rest of the season so so you're saying if that game looks like k-state looked like against nevada you'd be happy yeah k-state was pretty iffy until the end of that nevada game though they were it was the final score was 38 17 you need to be a little better than that probably because see i i could make the argument that and and i'm going to talk about this here in a second but like for that mizzou game i feel like three touchdowns is a lot if you win by 17 I would be okay with that. Like if you, if I just you, mean, yeah, it's 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 one thing to be okay with it. I'm just saying, if they are thorough and they win by three touchdowns, I think that that's enough. I think there's a difference between, quite frankly, kicking somebody's ass, <coughs> excuse me, and beating somebody, right? So you can physically manhandle a team and win by two touchdowns, like that. That's possible. Like a two touchdown win can be more dominant than a three touchdown win. So I feel like if you are in control of the game the entire time, to me that's what matters, right? It doesn't matter if you win by twenty one or if you win by fourteen. If they score a touchdown in garbage time with, you know, four minutes left in the game and you're trying to get your second string second string guys reps, like to me it's How many it, how many games are you putting your second stringers out there up for, only twenty one? I mean, if it's in the fourth quarter, I, I I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, but I, I want to talk about this because for game one, this is really what um, I know a lot of people have been talking about on the boards, um, and, and I, I didn't t- bother typing anything out because I wanted to talk about it here. There's been talk of, oh, you need to beat South Dakota by a certain amount of points if you want to be elite. You have to beat FCS teams by five, six touchdowns if you truly want to be an elite team. And like I just said, I think that's absolutely, completely ludicrous. You do not have a certain amount of points that you have to beat a team by in order for your season to get off on the right track. And that's why I picked the Mizzou game. Yeah, there's Picking, no correlation the, yeah. with the FCS. And pe- for people to even be talking about that, let's just th- let's have a real game to talk about because these hyp- hypothetical situations were driving me absolutely crazy when I'm sitting there reading it. It's ridiculous. I love all you guys for having this debate, but it doesn't matter. Yes, Missouri, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. That's a good indicator. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Martinez can't turn the ball over in the non-conference play. If K-State turns the ball over, if Martinez turns the ball over, they're not going to really compete for a Big 12 championship. They're just not. I don't care what they do in the Mizzou game, South Dakota game, any of the scores, stats. Martinez cannot turn the ball over. So he has to be – he has to look like 
a different quarterback than he did against Nebraska. Definitely. Sorry, sorry about that. I would like to point out to get back to your point about the FCS opponents. K State won ten games in 2011, including opening the season by beating Eastern Kentucky ten to seven. So, I mean, thank you. Yeah, it just look you can, and, and honestly, this is one of the things I'm interested in. That was driven by the fact Coach Snyder got so conservative as he got older in every way, but particularly with those non-conference games. He didn't want to show anything. Didn't want to put anything. We're both just coughing and dying. I got. I think I got the cold from Cole, and now we're like coughing back and forth while each other's talking. Um, you know, I I think that was just he was so conservative, and how will Colin Klein react to that? Because his former head coach and you know. And play callers were very conservative in these games. Look, I I feel like you got to beat Missouri definitively to really feel good about yourself. And um, I'm so I feel so strongly about this. And keep in mind, the last time K State and Missouri played, if my math is right, you guys were in junior high or sixth grade or somewhere around there. Yep. Yeah. I was in seventh grade. Um, so it's been a while, and um, I'm kind of of the feeling that when you K-State fans tweet out cats by 90 I will ask you why are you so pessimistic about this game cats by 90 isn't enough for me 91 is not even satisfying how about 92 uh, okay I prefer three figures but I know that's asking a lot it's Missouri though next question comes from wildcat pilot 88 would you rather K-State make it into the college football playoff if you knew they would lose or yes. play in a New Year's Six game that was a toss-up? Yes. College football playoff. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. And see, here's the thing, and this is what I've been saying. The expansion of the playoff doesn't mean it uh, really gives a school such as Kansas State that might sneak in as an eight seed a tangible chance to win the, the national title. But it changes the value of your season dramatically to be able to say, we made, uh, you know, let's take Iowa State. Let's take Iowa State that's been in some nice New Year's Six Bowls recently, played, you know, Clemson last year. They wouldn't have been in last year. But, you know, they've gotten into some decent bowl games. What would it mean for their program if they'd gotten in the playoffs? Even if it was a 12-team playoff and they were the 11th seed, I don't care about the seeding. You're in the playoff. And that's what I like about the expansion of the playoff is it, it expands the opportunity for elite status or, you know, more tangible elite status. It's one thing to say we made it to a New Year's Six, and it's just, okay, yeah, it's a nice bowl game. Yeah, so If it's a toss-up, yes. Now, if the question was if the New Year's Six was a guaranteed win, I think it becomes a little more, you know, of an argument. Play Alabama uh, well, in I, a 1-4 game, and you're the four seed. Look at Cincinnati. Or, yeah. That took, I mean, Cincinnati. I mean, it changed everything. It's true. Me. And the same would hold true for everyone else in the New twelve. Everyone. There's Oklahoma State, Baylor, K-State, Iowa State, Texas Tech. I don't care who it is. Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, everyone coming into the conference, BYU. You make it into the field of four or even 12, it changes everything. And if the Big 12 starts putting two teams into the 12, what? I mean, you're talking about status now that is undeniable. So I agree. I, as yeah. much as I hate talking about 2012, I, I do want to go back to that season because – Notre Dame made the championship game that year, right? We all remember this. Um, do you think they would have rather made it to the championship game and lost a national title game or played in a Sugar Bowl yeah, and won, 
right? I mean, no, you go to the national championship game, you go to the college football playoff 100 times. You're going to die. Out of 100. Yes, I am. <laughs> now I'm laughing. If you can guarantee yourself a nice Orange Bowl trophy, though. Well, if it's filled with oranges, Cole and I would like that. <laughs> I feel like you would. And if right that's now. the only success you have for the next 15 years yeah, in football. Just so what? We'll take it. Nice. Nice. It just making it the playoff, though, that, that puts you on the map. Yeah. That's so far and above any New Year's Six Bowl. So I would, I don't care if you lose by 90 like Oklahoma's consistently done in the playoff. You want to make it there and get yourself on that stage. And you have more recognition, like you've talked about. I mean, if you make a playoff once, they're more likely to select you if you go back, if you have the exact same season, because, hey, guess what? They've been here. So, well, yeah. Any Final Four program, even if they got blown out in the semifinals, there's still a Final Four program in basketball, so it's it's very important. Yep. Next question comes from It and BB. Unlike Bill Snyder, Chris Kleiman is a defensive coach, yet he seems to be recognized as a coach who develops quarterbacks. Is he secretly dis- is he a secretly disguised coach of the offensive mind? Well, what's what I think the advantage of a defensive coach is is the fact that you can then go into a quarterback room and say, "This is what we're trying to do to you as a defense." And this is the look they're going to give you. This is what they're actually doing. You can kind of give him an insight in how a defense is approaching his game. So I think that's an advantage. But I do think they're very similar in the fact that they're both absolutely brilliant on one side of the ball, but they understand the complete game, but they let their coordinators on that other side of the ball do their job. You know, he he doesn't, like, take control of the offense he didn't last year. Maybe he needed to. Um, but I, I think he'll just let Colin Klein do his thing over there. But he can teach a quarterback, this is what they're doing. This is the looks they're giving you. And so I think his, his strength probably is in the film room more than anything else. So you guys know Matt Patricia. He used to be the head coach of the Lions. He now coaches for the Patriots, where he started. Right. Um, he was the defensive coordinator with the Patriots, which got him the job in Detroit. He's now calling plays for the offense in New England. That's interesting. And the reasoning behind it is exactly what I thought. Yeah, he was a defensive coach, so he knows what is going on on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, I think there's something to that, and and I, and I I also think it's just you know what when you're a good leader of men, you tend to help raise good leaders of men, and I think Chris Kleiman fits that boat. Does he still look homeless? Yeah, he definitely okay. does. He there's a like certain there's a certain point. And it's probably at the Division One college football game where if you're an assistant football coach, you have enough mental capacity to be a head coach at some point, I think. I think you understand the game intimately enough that you can call plays, offense, defense, doesn't matter, scheme, whatever. I think that a Division One assistant football coach has the capabilities of doing anything on the football field. I think you can make that argument about even other – I think you can make that argument about some top-tier high school programs. I think you can make that argument about other smaller universities. I mean, the, fi- the line between schematically being a good coach and, um, you know, not – like there's, most coaches are insanely talented schematically. Like if you're a coach, you're there for a reason. It's because you know your stuff. Now the difference is how good of a teacher are you? How good of a instructor are you? How good of a leader are you? That's what really is the difference between high high level coaches and not high level coaches. I, I'll die on that hill. And I mean, if if you're a coach at K State 
at Oklahoma, at KU. There's not that big of a difference except for the fact that one coach knows how to get the best out of his players and the other one doesn't. That's that's the bottom line. I'll correct one thing. If you're an offensive coach, you by trade understand defense. Mm-hmm. And if you're a defensive coach, by trade you know understand offense. If you're a special teams coach, by trade, you know how to kick a ball. That's, that's interesting. exactly what I would say right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line between drinking wine and squashing grapes. My God, he doesn't say much. Wow. But just, just puns and wow, just swoops in metaphors and parables. Ooh. I'm on one today. <laughs> I don't even know what a parable is. And we're just over here trying to get the train out of the station. There we go. Uh, what's a parable? Is it like uh, um, when you uh, have fish, you should parable it with white wine? <laughs> Last question of the podcast comes from Big Sam. This, this is a good question. Okay. You'll like this. It better be. You promised it is. When Scott Frost is fired, and oh. he will be fired, yeah. will Chris Kleiman be on the short list yep. of candidates for the new head coach? So this is exactly how a Nebraska fan thinks. Scott Frost, they finally figured it out it was him. They, they suspect it's him, but they got to blame Adrian one more time. They blamed Adrian. Adrian comes down to Manhattan, leads Kansas State to the Big 12 title game, Limits his turnovers. Looks like a different player. Let's hire the guy that fixed him. They'll come after him, no doubt. And you know what? I don't think he'd go. I mean, they might be able to pay him enough to get him to go, but I don't think he has interest in that. And and, and understanding the way those fans have treated other head coaches, nine wins isn't enough, so you're fired. I just saw a great stat. If Scott Frost wins his next 50 games <laughs> – Straight 50 games. He'll still have a lower lose, a winning percentage than Bo Pelini did when he got fired. Incredible. How is that even possible? That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Now, Bo Pelini shouldn't have been. There, I, I, I agreed with that firing. He was a horrible human being. See, so, that, yeah. You can win nine games, but if you're a bad human being, you don't deserve to coach. The Pelini brothers are, are crap. But, yeah, I don't yeah, they, will. they it de- will. It depends how much money they throw at it, I think, if, is how he would entertain it. Because if it's life-changing money. Yeah, you got it. You, you, can't, you can't turn it down. You got it. I, it, it. It will be fascinating because he fits the motto, I think, of what they're going to go after. I mean, they're going to try. Oh, he's an upper Midwest guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're going to try and get to their roots because whatever they've tried to do with all these splash hires – they go out and they get all these different kinds of coaches. They go out, they get the hot commodity. They go out and then they get the the hometown, you know, alma mater legend. They're going to try and stick to their roots now. And now the argument against them, against them coming to climate would be, there's still a great a fan up there that couldn't fathom possibly hiring a football coach away from Kansas State. It seems unthinkable. And in the big scheme of things, it is kind of strange. Well, there's also a group of K-State fans that would never have imagined bringing a quarterback from Nebraska down to K-State, too. Very true. Very true. Look, if Iowa State's good, Matt Campbell's going to be on the list. If KU wins four games, Lance Leipold will be on the list. I I, I think he's a really good coach. Um, I'm not sure he's fit for Nebraska. I think he's a guy that does a lot with a little. I think he's probably best. I don't say he's going to do a better job at Kansas, but he's best better suited for that type of job. I mean, there's a lot of coaches in the Big 12 that they will come after um, if they feel like that guy can lead them to the success. Mike Gundy, they might go after him. You just don't know. 
point being is the irony of them coming to hire a Big 12 coach to save their program after they went to the Big 10 is so fulfilling. It makes me happy. Watching, look, I, I, in general, Nebraska fans are great, but every fan base has these trash fans. And now we, we're into this new generation of Nebraska fans that aren't so classy. And watching them wiggle and suffer and struggle with this is just poetic. You guys have been spoiled, taking it for granted, thought it was your natural right to be good in football. And you thought it was all solved again. And they don't like being called idiots. Even in their idiots. Total idiots. If this was any time longer or more than 15 years ago, I think Kleiman would probably get up and go. But Nebraska football is just right. it's laughable now what they've become. The, is, there a, is it a hot take to say that the KU job is a better job right now than the Nebraska job? That's a hot take. Yeah, that's. I don't, I don't agree know. with that. I'd be licking my lips. You get a takeover, and that's what you would embrace as a coach. You know, Nebraska. There's just, no expectations at KU. Right. Yeah. I, I and they that. had virtually the same amount of success. Now, are the resources at Nebraska better? Yes. But, I mean, if we we're comparing those two jobs, I think you would, as a coach, in the new Big 12, there's a better opportunity for success at KU than there is for success at Nebraska. Well, I would like to congratulate KU. I mean, Bill Self showed what you can do when you go out and recruit a bunch of shooters. So football tried to do the same. <laughs> That's it for the podcast. That's it. We're done. We're going to shut it off now, and I'm going to go have a, a little sip of bourbon for medicinal and celebration, celebratory purposes. We'll talk to you next week on this podcast, but again, we'll be dropping the pregame podcast, then we got the the Friday walkthrough, and then the postgame podcast, and then the drive will be in there, the replay of my TV show that's on Sunday nights out of Topeka. We appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you subscribing. Don't forget, right now, go subscribe. You're not going to get a better deal at Go Power Cat, and you're not going to find better coverage than what you find on the 24-7 Sports Network. Our team is absolutely amazing. In the near future, we will have a TV channel. Not us, personally. 24-7. The vision of being part of the CBS Sports family is absolutely incredible, and we'd like you to come join us at Go PowerCat. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat podcast, all rights reserved, gopowercat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.